I was delighted to sit down with Jessica Andrews back in April to discuss her book, Saltwater. Lyrical and boundary-breaking, Saltwater explores the complexities of mother-daughter relationships, the challenges of shifting class identity, and the way that the strongest feelings of love can be the hardest to define. There are moments when London felt like it belonged to me. Lying in the dew on the top of Telegraph Hill after a party. Apricot leaking across the skyline. Cycling through traffic in the summer wearing a thin dress, one hand on my handlebars and the other trailing through the air, clutching invisible threads. Dancing in a dirty warehouse with sweat dripping between my breasts like syrup and my friends twirling shapes around me. I think perhaps that is the allure. London pushes you further and further to the edges and when you feel like you're about to fall... It lets you know, just for a moment, that you have found a place where you belong. It is a city of constant renewal, and in the clamour of pop-ups and shutdowns, I began to lose sight of who I wanted to be. I lay in bed watching the sun melt into streetlights and back again, tracing my fingers through the patterns the shade made on my skin. I spent invisible days watching strands of sky get trapped in the windows of office blocks. I walked past the mobile phone men playing music from plastic booths and ran my fingers over fruit and vegetables, rotting in the daylight, filled me with dirt from passing buses. I wandered hungry through markets, bristling with raw meat and vinegar, the smell of hops bulging from pubs. I craved grimy light on sun-starved shoulders and the thrill of that hot hackney jerk chicken tang in the summer months. Okay, so we're here today with Jessica Andrews, who's written Saltwater. Jessica, would you like to tell us a little bit about your book? Yes, so Saltwater is a coming-of-age story and it's set in three different locations, in Sunderland in the northeast of England and in London and in Donegal on the west coast of Ireland. And um, it's framed around a mother-daughter relationship. And it's about a young girl, Lucy, moving from her life in Sunderland in the northeast to university in London and then later to Ireland. And it's about social class and identity and the body and kind of trying to find a place. So you grew up in Sunderland. I did, How have yeah. you seen it change over the years? Do you think it's become a bit more gentrified? Is it becoming more like London or is it retaining its identity? No, I think it's actually kind of getting worse. You know, it's kind of like lost a lot of funding, especially Arts Council funding. Lots of shops have closed down. It's, you know, I think when people get angry and they talk about a north-south divide and say that the north is forgotten I think it is actually true you know if you if you go into Sunderland and walk around like the libraries are closing down the library's been moved into a really small space now and yeah it's you know there's lots of good things there too but it's it's really worrying I think so you've also started an online is it an online scene yeah 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 yeah. which highlights working-class writers. Yeah. Um, that's obviously becoming more prevalent in mm. literature now, for instance, uh, Kerry Hudson's Lowborn just came mm. out, and that's doing so well. Mm. It's really great that we have all of these diverse voices. Are there any books that you would particularly recommend kind of around that? Um, my favourite book when I was growing up 
was a book that was written in the 90s by a writer called Andrea Ashworth and it's called Once in a House on Fire um, which is you know a book that really spoke to me written from a working class perspective yeah so that's great okay so the language throughout the book is especially beautiful, um, from the urban life to everything happening in Ireland. Are there any parts that you particularly loved writing? Um, so my favourite parts to write were the fragmented lyrical bodily sections, um, where the kind of daughter is addressing the mother. And I think that's because that's probably my deepest interest, kind of the divide between language and bodies and the links between language and bodies and like how we can find a new language to kind of that's within the bodily rather than outside of it. Yeah, because you talk about um the character Lucy's brother mm. and how he's deaf and how he tries yeah. to find a language so he learns loads of different ones. Yeah. How important do you think language is in shaping us as people? I think it's vitally important and I've been thinking about sign language a lot because Lucy's brother signs but my own brother is deaf and I've been thinking about how like almost like there's this masculine world of like high intellect and logic and I think language is often put into that box but then I've been thinking about how sign language is a language you make physically with your body and how that's something quite different mm -hmm. so and yeah, I suppose I've, because my own brother is deaf, I've always kind of had an awareness of how language shapes your thought or how, like how key communication is for your sense of identity and all of those sorts of things. In terms of like forming identity, um, when Lucy's younger, she uses bands and people's parents and going to gigs to shape who she is. Hmm. Do you think it's more our parents who shape our identity or us using popular culture to form our own identity um I think it's like a push and pull which I guess is a big thing I was trying to explore I think when you're a young person who maybe maybe you want to have a different kind of life to that of your family but kind of kind of the weight of your lineage is really important and it's it's there and you can't avoid it but I guess what Lucy is trying to do in the novel is she's trying to figure out how how much of that can be her identity that she carries with her so the like the legacy of her mum and her grandma and all of those sorts of things but also you know she has an awareness that she kind of doesn't want to carry the burdens that these women carried so I would say it's a balance it's about of course you're shaped by your past and it's part of your identity but you're also free to choose something else how did you feel when you moved to London did you feel as lost as Lucy did um, I think that I probably did, but in a less conscious way. I suppose for me it was very just like wild and chaotic and I kind of I kind of thrived on this like edge feeling and it being it was all really exciting and it's only really now that I'm older and have a bit of hindsight that I can see, oh, you were quite vulnerable <laughs> then or that was all very precarious, but I think yeah, I think I, f I found it hard, but I would never have admitted that ever, that I was finding it hard. And you've just, you live in Barcelona at the moment, right? I do, yeah. It's yeah. such a beautiful city. Yeah, it's really nice. It's, it feels very different to England. How did you kind of settle into that? Did you feel like there was a big culture gap? or? Um, yeah, it is culturally different. I also find... 
Well, I guess language again is really interesting. I feel really frustrated all the time because I'm learning Spanish, but I'm not very good. And I find that I have no, I have like very little confidence when I can't, when you can't defend yourself in certain situations and things like that. But then I also think there's kind of like for writing, there's a, it does something different to your brain because you're not, you you know, you haven't got as much information kind of coming in like subconsciously because you can't understand all the conversations you overhear and things like that and then it also just makes you think about how important it is to be able to speak or it's also made me think about kind of you know the currency that English has and the fact that I write in English what does that mean and what like what kind of responsibility do you have or yeah so I think language is the main thing yeah. Is your novel going to be translated into different languages? It is, yeah. Really, you could read it in Spanish. Yeah, well, I went to, I did a, um, I did a reading in Spanish because the translator lives in Spain, in Barcelona. And um, we did this reading where I read a bit in English and he read a bit in Spanish. Oh, but then amazing. it was really interesting because I, like, I don't know Spanish well enough to read my own book but I can recognise most of the words. So it's like he was reading my words in this language that's familiar but unfamiliar and it's all about learning how to speak. And then I tried to explain that to like the people who were there and then he started translating it as I was saying. He started translating what I was saying and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> how can you process it and just it come out the other side yeah. instantly? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Oh. Yeah. My mum's Filipino. Ah, um, okay. And she's still... She's been over here for almost 25 years. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I remember when I was a kid, sometimes she would get confused about what language she was speaking. Yeah. And she'd wake up from a nap and like shout at me in Filipino. And I'd wow. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's strange how our brains can just... Yeah, know yeah. Do you speak any languages apart from English? I speak a bit of French. Okay. And then sign language as well. Yeah. But yeah. Do you um, speak Filipino? I speak a little bit. Yeah. I can vaguely understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, but it's very similar to Spanish, actually. Yeah, or is it? Yeah, so for instance, um, saying hello is como esta. Ah, okay. And yeah, it's because yeah. of the colonisation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How did you learn sign language? Just through your brother or did you go to like classes? Or No, just, I mean, I was, I, was, I was five when my brother was born, so we just used it at home. Um, but I mean, he doesn't sign so much now, so I always think he's in this, because he speaks a lot, I think he's in this. I don't know, liminal space where he's not fluent in sign language, but then kind of like spoken language isn't his first language either. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so we always ask authors for five books that they would recommend, their top five favourite books ever. Okay. It's a very difficult question, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so my favourite ever book probably is The Lesser Bohemians by Emo McBride. I also really like uh, Bluets by Maggie Nelson. I really like uh, Citizen by Claudia Rankine. I read lots of poetry, and the best poetry book I read recently is Witch by Rebecca Tomas. It's really, really good. And the last one, actually another brilliant book I read recently is a collection of essays called um, Note to Self, Notes to Self by Emily Pine, who's also an Irish writer, and they're really good. Five. <laughs> well, thank you for coming. Um, oh, thanks for having me. Thank you. <laughs>
Thank you for joining us for another episode of Blackwells Presents. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at @blackwellsoxford. Check out our YouTube page at, at @blackwellsbook and see what exciting events we have coming up in the bookshop on our Eventbrite page.